Pulling up to Mickey D's just for drinks? Oh yeah, that's me. Nothing extra, just perfection and a straw. Coming in hot for the coldest cups on the block. Because there are drinks. Then there are drinks from McDonald's. Mix things up with any size lemonade or sweet tea for $1.49. Perfect with our classic fries. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. Welcome inside the Radio Octagon. This is Saskatchewan's number one sports talk show, The Sports Cage, on 620 CKRM. Thursday edition of the Sports Cage for Extreme Hockey. It's the end of an era as Jason Degelman passes the puck off to Donnie and Terrington at Extreme Hockey and Sport. New owners, same goals, proudly serving Regina and its community for 35 years. Brennan McGuire and Ryan McNally on this edition of the program. Still ahead, we've got some tickets to give away to the Montana's Briar coming up in Regina March 1st to 10th. And uh, we will give those tickets away in hour three as... uh, Ryan Mack thinks of his question that he wants to throw out there and how easy it has to be to Google the answer or if we have to actually put some thought into it. I thought the first one was really, really tough, but we got an answer quickly. The the one yesterday, not so much. And this one's probably about as easy as the one yesterday. But we will see. Still ahead in hour three. Well, as many of you have been following the 2024 Scotty's Tournament of Hearts, are still ongoing in the great city of Calgary in that same arena where they had the bubble tournament the year of COVID. And Saskatchewan has been in the thick of things right from the very beginning. Skylar Ackerman won three, lost three, won one, and then lost one. Joining us right now on the line to try and make a sense of this mess in the Pool A standings is our good pal from the Regina Leader Post, Taylor Shire. Taylor, how many hours a day have you been glued to the curling on TSN? Yeah, it's been uh, it's been a good week so far. Obviously, as you mentioned, Saskatchewan got off to a great start, so it's good to see Skylar Ackerman and, and you know her young team take a step forward in their first Scotties, although it's not looking good for their playoff chances this afternoon. Uh, staying tuned to the coverage right now. It's looking like Quebec is going to pick up a win over PEI, which would then officially eliminate Saskatchewan. Okay, because uh, that's what I was... Ra- wrapped up last night. That's what I was just going to ask you about. So Ryan Mack and I are looking at this, and we see potential for a logjam uh, if where Krista McCarville of Northern Ontario, if she loses to Manitoba, she'll end up at 4-4. Four and four. If Corin Brown of BC loses, she'll end up at 4-4. Four and four. Skylar Ackerman has already ended for Saskatchewan at 4-4. Four and four. Quebec will get that win, or if they get that victory, they will end up at 4-4. Four and four. And then Caitlin Laws would end up at 4-4 four and four for Manitoba. So at the top of the Pool A standings, uh, we have Anerson, uh, who's free and clear. We have Selena Sturme of Alberta, who's free and clear. But you have one, two, three, four, five rinks vying for one playoff spot. Can you explain how that all shakes down from a tiebreaker formula? Yeah, it's actually quite crazy this year. This is the first year that they've gone away from the tiebreaker game. Usually we saw that, uh, you know, after the, the day after the round robin wrapped up, they would have like the tiebreaker game to get into the playoffs. So they've eliminated and dated that game this year. And, and now they do decide uh, the final playoff position by head-to-head results. So if it's two, two teams, obviously the winner in the round robin advances. If it's three teams, then you go combined record between those teams. Um, and then obviously three, four, five teams, um, you do the same thing. But I believe 
if that situation works out, well, there's five teams at four and four. Um, they then go to the next tiebreaker because all of their records would be similar, and that is the last stone draw rankings. So they do a, a draw before each game, two draws before each game, uh, closest to the button to determine who gets hammer. The, the skip at the end of the tournament with the least, the, the shortest distance from the button gets that top spot, which is uh, Caitlin Laws has it right now. So if there's five teams tied, like you said, all at four and four, it's going to be Caitlin Laws advancing. She still needs to win today to, uh, over McCarville, who um, they're tied 2-2 right now. So uh, Laws has to take care of business first in order to get in. Uh, but if McCarville beats Laws in this game, she's going to advance. Uh, as I mentioned, it's looking like Saskatchewan won't be in the mix. Uh, they were, I believe, ranked fifth in the last stone draw ranking. So that would put them on the outside looking in um, if Quebec hangs on to this uh, 7-3 lead they have right now. Creates a lose-lose situation for Team Saskatchewan. You talked about that last stone throw ranking. Do you like that being part of the tiebreaker? Seems complicated to me. Yeah, it's, it's interesting. It takes a bit of the uh, excitement away from the kind of do-or-die tiebreaker game that they used to play. Um, I don't know how they would have done it with five teams. I guess you would have taken the top two teams. I, yeah, I, I don't know what the scenario would have been if there was five teams in a tiebreaker position and you could only have one advance. So, um, you know, it's something they use at the world. It's something they use at the Olympic trials. Uh, it seems like, you know, they're going to be using that at the Briar here in Regina in a, in a week. So um, I think it's just sort of a way of the future. And it eliminates that tiebreaker game, which then, you know, makes it a long road for those teams heading into the playoffs, having to play that extra game on Friday morning. Not to speak ill of our competitors from Saskatchewan, but I feel like a lot of the viewers and maybe even some of them on their team were going to be happy with participation ribbons this year with it being the first bro- sorry the first Scotties for this team and to just play meaningful games right at the end would you concur with that well yeah yeah Skylar Ackerman like she was a uh, like she's 22 year old skip out of her first Scotties but all season long like they've had a really good season they were ranked 11th in Canada coming in um so right up there were some of the top names just on the on the tour circuit so they were certainly not a surprise necessarily to win Saskatchewan but when you go against names like Anderson and Anglot and and others who have been there before um, it's a bit of a surprise because she's more of an unknown but but I think yeah just getting a chance to play in these big games is going to be valuable next year there's a few moments at this year Scotty's where you know there was obviously some learning and some adjusting that that had to go um, you know, in playing your first national event like this. So, you know, if this team sticks together for, you know, the next three or four or five years, however long, uh, I believe they will be back and, and they'll obviously be much better for it next time around. Taylor, I'm glad you brought that up. Uh, you know, obviously, would they have liked to have done better? Yes. But, you know, Skylar Ackerman's the youngest skip to ever represent Saskatchewan at the Scotties. And uh, I, I imagine that's got to be really important to remember. Uh, this week and uh, moving forward uh, after uh, Scotty's week. Yeah, she's you know she's the next up and coming skip in Saskatchewan women's curling. So certainly someone to keep an eye on. Uh, as I mentioned, if this team sticks together, or maybe she she goes and, and finds a new team in the next few years as they build up towards uh, maybe the next Olympic trials. Um, but yeah, you know Skylar Ackerman. And one thing that's impressed me about her is and, and her team's play is. They haven't. They didn't really play scared at all. Oftentimes, you see that with a young team. They, especially against the the, the Andersons and the and the others, uh, you know, 
they, they sort of play timid like a young team, but this Ackerman team kind of went for it all. And that was also a downfall of them because they made a few mistakes, missed a few shots, gave up a few steals, and gave up a few ends because they missed that big shot that, if made, would have completely you know flipped the script. So a great start for them, and they kept their aggressiveness going uh, Monday, Tuesday, but unfortunately uh, on the wrong side of things on the scoreboard. But still liked the, liked the approach that they took with it being their first Scotties. Our guest on the Western Pizza Hotline, Taylor Shire from the Regina Leader Post. Perfect pizza with a generous amount of toppings, plus Greek food like souvlaki, ribs, salads, all the goodness you can't make at home. Call Western Pizza today. Big story coming into the tournament, Kerry Anderson's drive for five to break the consecutive championship record. Uh, lost her lead right at the beginning of the tournament, uh, but here we are. With a record of 6-1, and one, she's right up there at the top of Pool A along with Selena Sturme of Alberta. Um, but there are a couple of other rinks who would have something to say about Carrie Anderson winning her fifth straight title, Rachel Holman, who's perfect from Ontario, and Jennifer Jones at her last ever Scotties. How are we feeling about Anderson's chances to win her fifth straight? Well, I think with those three teams you mentioned, it's, it's wide open, and, and Sturme has obviously played played great curling this week as well. So um, I don't know what the odds would be between Einerson, uh, Holman, and, and Jones, but I think they would all be pretty similar. It'll be, in my opinion, it'll be one of those three teams at the end of the day, and it'll be interesting to see what Jones does if uh, if this is, in fact, her last Scotties. But if she wins it all, she'd be coming back uh, as Team Canada next year, or would she sort of pass that on and, and let somebody else skip Team Canada, which would be kind of weird. I don't know if that's ever happened before, so... Um, you know, if Jones wins, it maybe throws a kink into her retirement plans, but we'll see. Obviously, Holman, I think, has had a great week. She's probably the favorite right now, but hard to argue with a, with a Nyerson rink that has won so many times in a row. Yeah, you mentioned uh, Jones potentially stepping away, uh, and, you know, if she does win, kind of what happens. I've seen it in the Briar. I haven't seen it in the Scotties yet, uh, of course, uh, Taylor. I, I imagine you've watched curling for many years, like I have, uh, and uh, I'm of the opinion that, uh, honestly, the sport's never been better. Uh, do you feel that same way? Yeah, I think it's certainly growing. And, and um, I think from a grassroots level, they're also doing a better job at, at you know, getting into schools and getting more kids involved. Uh, you know, in the 80s and 90s, it was probably a little bit bigger with some of the clubs. Uh, we've seen some of the club curling and, and some of the, the rinks around Saskatchewan close and shut down and, and that's obviously unfortunate, but I think that we're starting to see, to see a resurgence. And, and I think, you know, it's becoming this elite sport where, where there's a lot of young athletes, younger athletes taking it a lot more seriously. And then the older ones are obviously having to, to step up their game as well. And, and, you know, all the work that they do off the ice and, and the training and the mental side of things. So I think the, the sport itself has gotten better just with the, all the preparation and all the, the work that they do away from uh, from the rink, um, you know, like any other sport, it's becoming almost this this year round thing. I'm sure you're not complaining if you're uh, all curled up on the couch and just watching all this curling on TV, and you get to write about it. But I'm guessing you're going to have a lot more fun when you actually get to go down and meet them in person and watch the games in person at the Briar here in uh, well next week. Yeah, it starts next Friday. So yeah, it, uh, it's been it's been nice to watch all this curling and, and sort of get you know excited to to cover the Briar and then see some of these top teams. Uh, of course, we know all the teams that'll be here and 
and the favorites will all be uh, in Regina, the, the Cooies, the Botchers, Gushu. So, you know, this Scotties is, is a great event in itself, but yeah, to, to be able to cover it, boots on the ground will be that much more exciting. That's something that we don't take for granted anymore in this post-COVID media world that we're all living in. Um, I know you're fully ensconced into the curling. We'll let you get back to that. But before I let you run, um, how do you feel about the riders and all this free agency? Do you feel like they deserve the praise that they've been getting, it seems like, from all over the country? Yeah, I wrote a column last week uh, that they are they are the off-season champions right now. So we can officially hand them the off-season Great Cup, uh, you know, obviously Corey Mace coming on board was probably the biggest move that, that they've made this offseason, and then they've just bolstered that with the free agent additions uh, that they also brought in. So, uh, in my opinion, they're, uh, they're the most improved team from last year. Whether that means they're going to be the best team um, this year is certainly going to be something that, that is to be decided, but I would have to give them the offseason uh, off crown for sure with all the moves they've made. Look at you putting yourself out there. You know that if it doesn't work out for them, you're going to get blasted on social media for making that declaration. But I like how you picked a side. Yeah, they got to play the games. That's what matters, right? Offseason means nothing. Yeah, free agency last year looked good, and it didn't pan out for them when all was said and done. Hey, thanks for doing this, Taylor, and enjoy what's left of the Scotties, and we'll see you at the Briar. Awesome. Thanks for having me, guys. All right, that is Taylor Shire from the Regina Leader Post, and you can download the Leader Post app if you do what I did, and uh, I read his stuff daily over on that site. Still ahead, we have curling tickets to give away. You're listening to the Thursday edition for Extreme Hockey on Rider Radio, 620 CKRM.